Hello! Welcome to Tay to Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Mr. Perfectly Fine from Fearless, Taylor's version. Oh, so good. So good. Just like, it's a bop. It's, it's really a bop. And today we are discussing a song that is not a bop. I think it would kind of be the opposite of a bop. Yeah. Uh, my Tears Ricochet from Folklore. I mean, like, I don't know what the opposite of Bob is, but it's a sad song. Uh, a dirge. It is a dirge. <laughs> a funeral dirge. Yeah. Devin. Oh. Look at you. My Tears Ricochet is the fifth track on Folklore. Track, track five. five. Watch. Track five. Track five. Folklore was released on July 24th, 2020, and this song was solely written by Taylor. Yeah. My Tears Ricochet has never been performed live, but oh boy, that performance on the Long Pond Studio documentary is everything. It's so good. It's so good. The visceral feelings, like she is just giving us that anger and sorrow Mm -hmm. and every oh it's so good especially when she looks directly Mm. at the camera you just like feel Mm. it yeah she's like you better know you don't mess with me yeah i think people know that oh yeah but they really gotta stop they gotta stop it come on (laughs) what's going on here so Devin, Mm. what do you think about my tears ricochet I'm going to just start by saying that this is not one of my faves on the album, Mm -hmm. but I think it is haunting and beautiful, and I totally get it, and Mm -hmm. I absolutely respect why she wrote this song and Mm -hmm. what it's about. Yeah. I feel that way about a couple of her songs, especially, you know, in Folklore and Evermore, like, they're not necessarily ones that I gravitate towards, but I absolutely understand and I respect them. Mm. I love the angelic voices at the beginning. They are the voices you hear in the church when you're walking in Mm -hmm. and you think, wow, is this a funeral? Is this going to be a wedding? Is this going to be just daily mass? What is this? But then her first line, we gather here, we line up weeping in a sunlit room. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, yeah, it could be a wedding maybe because, you know, people cry at weddings. Yeah, but they don't really weep. They don't weep. Yeah. And I feel like a wedding song doesn't sound like this. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so you automatically understand, okay, this is this is a funeral of some mm-hmm. sorts. What kind of a funeral? Is this a metaphorical funeral? Is this an actual funeral for somebody? <laughs> What's going on here? And I think that I'm pretty sure I know the answer to that question. It is a metaphorical funeral, but I can't wait for Gossip Gab to delve a little bit more into that. Absolutely. I love the distortion on her vocals throughout the song. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can hear it a little bit, but there's this definite like on some of her vocals. Yeah. It's like a voc order kind of deal, I think. And it gives it this really extra like layer of like unease mm. in the song. It's very, very interesting. And I, and I first, I think I first hear it during the second verse and then in the second chorus. The lyrics of this song just hit so hard. Mm. And I, I really love the transition from the sadness of the first verse and it gradually becomes anger. 
so that by the bridge it's just like this overwhelming like f you yeah like, yeah like it, it's it's kind of like these stages of grief in a way of like sadness to anger to kind of a little bit of acceptance at mm. the end because you know I, i'm putting my battleships they're sinking beneath the waves like i'm not gonna fight anymore like i i know where i am i know how i stand like i know who i like what I deserve. Mm-hmm. So that by the end, you know, she's like got a little bit of resolve, I think. Mm. The anger part, that bridge. Yeah. When you hear my stolen lullaby. Yeah. And you had to kill me, but it killed you just the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are some wild lyrics. Yes. And they're just real good. Yeah, they're like, fantastic. Again, folklore, Evermore Taylor, the lyrics are just sublime. Mm-hmm. And 10 out of 10 for lyrics for sure. Now, the name, My Tears Ricochet, mm-hmm. I find that very interesting. And I want to know what you think about it in the context of this song as well, because things that ricochet are projectiles, mm. stones, bullets, soccer balls... That sort of thing. So I'm kind of taking away that, like, she's essentially saying that she's weaponized her sadness. Mm. That, like, he hurt her, and then he hurt her for personal gain. Mm -hmm. And now her sadness, and what has come out of her sadness, is actually hurting him in return. Yeah. And so her quote-unquote tears are literally, like, bullets or stones yeah. that are flying back at him yeah because he fired the first shot as we'll get into gossip gab whoever this person <laughs> is yeah you may know you may not know <laughs> fired the first shot and then it ricochets and bounces back yeah and just like it's like the her pain is like coming out of her mm-hmm. in that way yeah it just like bounces off all of the walls wherever he is it's bouncing back like anytime this person hears her name Anytime he hears one of her songs, it's yeah. just another. So I think that that's very interesting, and like that, my tears ricochet. That it's like my my pain, my sadness, my hurt that you have put me through. It's gonna do it right back to you. Yeah, it extends to him. I love that. But the, I think that's really cool. The interesting caveat there, though, in the definition of ricochet, is that once it bounces, it loses force. Hmm. So every time the tear bounces, it's less and less force. Interesting. So I feel like that kind of is a metaphor in itself for like time passing too. Hmm. And like, it was really, really strong and visceral at the beginning, her feelings and and the tears and everything. And that as time goes on, the energy from those is going to diminish. Interesting. You know? Yeah, I could see that. So I don't know. I thought it was very interesting to just think about it, especially that that word. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because it's very specific. Yeah, and it's like, (laughs) it's very specific and it's very much like, you know, the way Taylor uses certain words in her songs that you're like, I've never heard that word in another song before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Gab, what do you think about My Tears Ricochet? This is definitely one of Taylor's saddest and most personal songs, especially as a track five. And it's also one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I think it's in my top 20. I just really love songs where Taylor bears her soul to us. And I feel that in this song. Oh, yeah. For sure. The song is absolutely haunting and heartbroken. 
I also love the ethereal voices at the beginning and how they really set the scene. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel like you're in this kind of like moody, spooky place. Yeah. And then I think that Taylor just sounds amazing throughout the whole song and that like you can hear the pain in her voice as she's telling this story. And we often talk about like certain songs that are like more like raw or you heal her emotion and I just I think that it works so well here and it's like I think it's so it was so painful for her that it's kind of impossible for that not to come across when she sings this song yeah yeah Um, and it totally comes across in the long pond as we talked about I also love how she gets angrier in the bridge and we talked about this on the bridge episode but it's absolutely one of my favorite Mm -hmm. bridges of hers I think this is just such a fantastic bridge I love singing it I feel the anger as I sing it yeah and it's like yeah I'm gonna make you think about me forever Ever. Forever and ever. You know, and it just makes me think, like, how often does Taylor cross Scott Borchetta's mind, you know? Right. It makes, I definitely have been thinking about that. Yeah, I just, I think the song's beautiful. I think it's such a strong lyrical song, which obviously I love. And I like the metaphor, this uh, extended metaphor of the funeral for Taylor, you know, examining the loss of her past work, Mm. especially in the context of how Taylor's like killed her old self before, you know, Right. and look what you made me do this idea of like actually losing her first six albums. That was the real death. Yeah. And like the real, real painful death. It was different than what happened before. Than her reputation. Exactly. Like this was her 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 life's work. Her soul. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the song just makes me really emotional and angry for Taylor. Yeah. And I'm just so glad that she chose to write it and also release it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's just very, yeah, deeply personal and also very, like, you know, full of, like, conflict and everything, talking about what, everything that happened, which we'll get into in Gossip Gab. But I think it's really, like, important that she as an artist chose to release this song. Absolutely. Yeah. And what do you think of her using ricochet, that word? So I hadn't thought of it in the way that uh, you had before, but I think it really works. It makes sense. Something else that I can't help but think about in terms of my tears ricochet is also the connection to teardrops on my guitar Mm. and how you know in a lot of ways her career started with teardrops Mm. like it wasn't her first hit but it was her first really big big hit yeah you know in terms of like mainstream like this was like a big song one of the first ones i ever heard of taylor's but like the deepest hurt yet has been what happened with her masters Mm -hmm. and like her pain and her tears is directing her actions now. So the idea of, like, her tears are cachet, like, her her tears, like, started her career in a weird mm-hmm, way, mm-hmm. okay? And then and now it's about losing her masters, and the ricochet is all of her actions that came from this hurt and this pain. Mm-hmm. So, like, the choice for her, you know, to go to a new label and then to also re-record her songs mm-hmm. and, like, oh, take ownership of her work mm. is her tears ricocheting. Wow. But I really like what you said, and I think it totally makes sense. Like, I think the idea of weaponizing your sadness, like, totally is in Taylor's wheelhouse here. <laughs> and it really, I like I like that idea a lot. Interesting. Yeah. And, and when you also maybe think about, again, teardrops on my guitar, mm-hmm. those tears are going to fall and maybe they plink off of the guitar string mm-hmm. or whatever, and they ricochet off of the guitar <laughs> string. Like, there's that, too. Yeah. Who knows? I think I don't think it's a coincidence, her choices of words, you know? Never. Like, you can write a song it's, about sadness without tears. Yeah, it's never a coincidence yeah. with her. And who knows, maybe, like, he was such a pusher of the song. Teardrops on my guitar. guitar. We don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. And my tears and my beers and my candles. 
She loves tears. Uh, I mean, don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> Devin, mm. do you relate to My Tears Ricochet? I can't super mm. relate to mm-hmm. this song. I would like to think that some of the casting directors who passed me by mm. may feel this way about me. You know, that they can't sleep at night because they hear my 16 bar cut in their mm. head oh. while they're trying to fall asleep. But that's about as close as I get to oh, relating. Yeah, yeah. Because... Because, again, it's a song, and you said it, that is so deeply personal to her and so specific in its roots that it's kind of hard to think of anything else in regards to myself. Mm, Like, mm -hmm. I just think about her when I'm listening to this song. I I don't really even begin to think about relating to it. That's fair. I mean, and also, I've never experienced something like this. Like a betrayal like this. Where a betrayal this big, like, or a friend that did something to me or somebody who I trusted Mm -hmm. just like totally pulled the rug out from underneath me. Like I've never fortunately knock on wood had that. Mm. So Gab, do you relate? So when I don't like relate to the song as a whole, I'll try and like relate to the lyrics. Mm. I really relate to the lyric. I didn't have it in myself to go with grace. Mm. I like deeply feel that lyric. Mm. When I heard her first say it, I was like, Oh yes. You know, sometimes when things hurt us or leave us, it can, like, be really hard to go with grace or Mm -hmm. be the bigger person and not fight back or say something hurtful back. And I know when I'm hurt, I can definitely be mean and spiteful and, like, going with grace is something that's, like, really hard for me. Yeah. And I don't think that I've done it a ton. I think that maybe now it might be easier for me, but, like, definitely (laughs) in my past, like, I didn't have it in myself to go with grace, you know? I just... It's, yeah, like there are different ways you can handle situations, but when you're so deeply hurt and also when you're someone who I think feels hurt in a certain way, like deep, so deeply, I think yeah. it's really hard to go with grace and not fight back. And even if you know that what you say maybe isn't going to be popular or it's going to maybe make you look needy or crazy or whatever, like yeah. sometimes it's like really hard to go with grace. Yeah. And so when I first heard that lyric, I was like, oh, girl gets it. Girl. You know? And like, obviously, we're going to talk about a little bit in Gossip Gab, but like the way Taylor reacted to the sale of her masters is like she... She couldn't not speak up about right. how upset she was. She didn't have it in herself. And I just like that she also can, like, be so self-aware about that. Mm. And she's very much like that. When she's upset about something, she does, like, speak out about it. Even if it's, like, for the better or worse. Yeah. Which I think is is really interesting, but also just really real. Mm. So I just love that lyric. And that's a good one. Definitely relate to it. <laughs> you know, like I have said some. Do things. not cross gab, y'all. No, like I've said some mean things or hurtful things purely just to be hurtful. I mean, because I was hurt, and yeah. like I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that sometimes that is how, how you respond. Yeah, for sure. Well, now we get to the segment of gossip. According to Taylor, My Tears Ricochet is about an embittered tormentor showing up at the funeral of his fallen object of obsession. Ooh. Speaking in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Taylor explained that the breakdown of her relationship with Scott Borchetta because of his actions felt like the end of a marriage. Wow. I think that happens anytime you've been in a 15-year relationship and it ends in a messy, upsetting way, she Mm. said. As a result, while writing songs for Folklore, Taylor said, she was very triggered by any stories, movies, or narratives revolving around divorce, Mm. despite never going through the process herself. 
She revealed to Entertainment Weekly that she wrote some of the first lyrics to My Tears Ricochet after watching Noah Baumbach's 2019 film Marriage Story. Mm. Which I hear is a good movie, but we haven't watched because I don't like sad movies. <laughs> <laughs> but you like rom-coms, which can be sad. They have sad moments, but they end happy. They end happy, okay. So I... I used to watch sad movies. I think it's something about the last couple of years and just how much sadness was part mm. of it that I'm like, I don't think I'm strong enough for a sad movie now. That's fair. One day I will be again. That's fair. But right now, maybe not. And that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Taylor added, I wrote my tears ricochet and I was using a lot of imagery that I had conjured up while comparing a relationship ending to when people end an actual marriage. All of a sudden, this person that you trusted more than anyone in the world is the person that can hurt you the worst. Mm. My Tears Ricochet was the first song Taylor wrote for Folklore, and she said she knew from day one it would probably be her track five. Yeah. In the Long Pond Studio Sessions, about the song, Taylor said, It's kind of a song about karma. It's a song about greed. It's a song about how somebody could be your best friend and your companion and your most trusted person in your life. And then they can go and become your worst enemy who knows how to hurt you because they were once your most trusted person. She also said, writing this song, it kind of occurred to me that in all the superhero stories, the hero's greatest nemesis is the villain who used to be his best friend. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's That's real. Yeah. And I think that's so true, though. Like, the people who can hurt you the most are the ones who you once loved. Yeah. You know? Oh, so dark. So dark. Pretty much based on all of this and the lyrics and my take, My Tears Ricochet is about the end of Taylor working with her manager, Scott Borchetta, after 15 years and the loss of her masters via him selling them to Scooter Braun's Ithaca Holdings. The separation was very messy and there were harsh words said. On both sides. Yep. When the masters were sold, Taylor released a statement that we've read on this podcast before. Scott fired back. Yep. They fired back. It was there was a lot of messy back and forth. Yeah. I'm not gonna read all of that because it just like kind of is like makes me really upset. You can all search for it, but like we get the gist of the idea. Yeah. Of like what happened. She lost her masters. She wasn't given the opportunity to buy them outright. There were a lot of contingencies. For her to be able to own her own work. Yep. And then they were sold to someone who she considered her greatest enemy. Yep. So some of the lyrics. The lyric, you had to kill me, but it killed you just the same. Cursing my name, wishing I stayed. You turned into your worst fears and you're tossing out blame, drunk on this pain, crossing out the good years and you're cursing my name, wishing I stayed. Mm. I feel this lyric refers to the back and forth that happened in the media after Taylor's masters were sold to Scooter Braun and Taylor released her statement and with all the back and forth and the different views on what happened with the sale. They both mm-hmm. have two different stories about what went down and who knew what when. And so I think it's just like cursing my name, like kind of slandering her in the media, but then also, you know, killing her in terms of being like, you had every right and chance to buy your masters and she's like no i didn't Mm. it killed her she lost her work but it also killed a part of him i feel Mm -hmm. like too and he was selling his label so he lost that as well and then just this idea drunk on this pain because he you know he made money off of her pain as well as crossing out the good years they obviously had many good years working together and then in terms of the line you turned into your worst fears I think that reference is that when Scott first signed Taylor, he had purposely left a large company to go off on his own and start his own independent label. 
Taylor was his first client that he like took a chance on. And I think he had like kind of left like the greed of big business and like Mm. larger labels. And I think here, like what Taylor is saying is that like eventually that's what he became by selling it. Yeah. Yeah. That one I think is a like pretty deep Deep. cut. You turned into your worst fears, which I think is such like a harsh thing to say to someone. I think it's a really good barb. Oh. And then, okay, a couple other lyrics. You wear the same jewels that I gave you as you bury me. So Scott obviously profited from selling Taylor's catalog. Mm -hmm. And even as he sold it to someone who she hated without giving her the outright option to purchase it, you know, he buried her. He, you know, took her work and Mm -hmm. then buried her in the media. And that, like, he profited off of something that really killed her. Oh. Yeah. Not to mention that, like... A lot of his success came from being her manager. Yeah. You know? I mean, obviously, like, he played a role in her career, but so much of his success and the other artists he was able to sign were because of how successful she became. Right, because Taylor Taylor had to be the person. Exactly. It wouldn't have worked otherwise. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so then uh, another lyric, because when I'd fight, you used to tell me I was brave, Mm. which I love this lyric is mm. so heartbreaking because like here is she's in another fight and when when she used to fight you tell her that she was brave so i think this kind of refers to when taylor pulled her music off of spotify and streaming yeah. sites um until she could negotiate a better payment deal and scott was extremely supportive of this action yep. and kind of almost even like like spearheaded it yeah you know and taylor's had these other controversial statements or fights that were very public in the past. And so she's saying, like, you used to say that was brave. And here we are fighting. Painful. And then the lyric, I can go anywhere I want, anywhere I want, just not home. So this reads to me, you know, that Taylor feels, you know, lost in terms of she's no longer part of her label of 15 years and somewhere that I'm sure felt like home to her. Yep. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty sad, pretty painful. Yeah. And then I'm going to talk about one one more lyric in my favorite line. Okay. So one, we're cool. going to get there shortly. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah. I mean, just what such a, like, unfortunate set of events. I know. I just feel like it definitely could have been preventable. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they had underestimated her. Well, clearly they underestimated her. Because, like, you know, all the press and everything, and Taylor speaking out has been so bad for, you know, Big Machine, for Scott, for Scooter, like, all of it has been just so messy. And that, like, if they had had the foresight to think, hey, like, let's sell this to Taylor, like, we'll still get money. Maybe it won't be as much as what we had wanted to sell it for. Or, because, like, what their whole contingency was, we'll give you your master's. But you need to give us these many albums. Right. You, you know? need to give us six albums. I, I feel like that was like, okay, that's more like making money. And I get it. This is like capitalism and corporations. And but greed. Like, yeah. But I just like think that if they'd really thought it through, like the A, the personal relationship aspect of it, which is what I think what hurt Taylor the most. But then B, also the fact that Taylor does speak out when she feels slated. And then C, the fact that with her re-recordings, they're going to devalue all the masters anyway. Yep. You know, which is amazing. Like, go... Go Taylor, but like if they'd had the foresight to think about how Taylor Swift thinks, which he should have known after 15 years, yep. you know, I feel like it could have really been resolved and avoided. Yeah. And I think she probably feels that way too. Yeah. You know, it's not like Taylor Swift couldn't buy her masters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a sad situation and a sad betrayal and yeah. painful, very painful. Et tu, Brute. Exactly. The ultimate betrayal, your best friend. Yeah. Your, advisor main advisor yeah so Devin, mm. what's your favorite line in my tears ricochet 
I just love the imagery of we line up weeping in a sunlit room. Mm. That's just like the juxtaposition. I love a good juxtaposition of the sad weeping in a very happy and cheerful place. Sunlit room, yeah. You know, and that kind of also ties in, I think, to when you are feeling depressed, when you're feeling sad, when you are upset, like, most of the rooms you're in are going to be lit and, like, well lit and everything. And so it's like you have to walk through life feeling sad, but, like, the rest of the world doesn't care. Mm, You know? Like, that aspect, too. And it's, like, very, very interesting. And, you know, I just think back to, like, our, you know, most recent experience that we had with this and, like, the day of the funeral, like, it was a gorgeous day. Yeah. It was, like, one of the most beautiful days. And it was just so sad yeah you know and like it can be this stunning beautiful sunlit place that is supposed to be a place that's happy yeah and there's there's just pain yeah like yeah gab what is your favorite line uh before i say mine that also makes me think of uh that lyric specifically and i didn't mention this in gossip gab because it's just like conjecture or whatever but Mm. like We've talked before about the framing device when we first listened to Folklore. Ah, yeah. That obviously this song is personal to Taylor and is, like, about what we've talked about. But when we first listened and we were talking about, is Folklore a concept album? Mm-hmm. We were like, it's James's funeral. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and Betty Betty's is there. there. Or it's Betty's funeral. And James, and James is, there. is there. We were, like, thinking of it in, in those yep. framing device terms. It doesn't really work. It is a song about Taylor. But well, I remember when we first were like, oh, it's a funeral. Whose funeral? James's funeral. James. It's gotta be James. <laughs> that just makes me think of that. Or Rebecca Harkness. Yeah, we did. We thought that maybe too. Or Rebecca Harkness's ex. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) My favorite line is, and I still talk to you when I'm screaming at the sky and when you can't sleep at night, you hear my stolen lullabies. I mean, oh. that's, that's like the best line in the it's whole like, song. It's the best line. It's like the best line in the it's, album. It's just so incredible. And like, she's like, I still talk it to you when I'm screaming at the sky. So when she's saying like, why, God, why, basically, yeah. she's so angry. She has to let out all her screaming, her anger, her venting, everything. Like, she's saying, I'm not, I still talk to you because I'm still talking about this. I'm still thinking about this. I'm always thinking about this. Yes. Yeah. And that's how much pain is there. And then when you can't sleep at night, you hear my stolen lullabies. And those are her masters. Yep. And th- Ooh, stolen lullabies. It's just so good. And it's also almost like a curse. Yeah. I, you oh, know yeah. What I, mean? I love he, Witchy he cursed Taylor. himself. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like, I just hope he's heard this song too. And I oh, hope that he when has. he can't sleep at night, he does hear her stolen lullabies. Of course he's heard this. You kidding me? He must like think of like her all the time. Oh, like, all I can't the time. imagine not. Like a 15 year relationship. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. That's, I don't. Like what even is he doing now? Like, I don't know. Is he still a manager? I'm not quite sure, actually. Because he sold the label. Yeah. So I don't think so. like, what is he doing? Well, he had a lot of money then. I don't know. Yeah, he got a ton of money. He used to, like, race cars amateurly. I don't know if that's still a thing. Don't quote me on that. There's a lot of Googling, but that's that's something, potentially. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe he started a tequila company like every other person ever. I don't think that's true. (laughs) I've never, I don't know. Didn't George Clooney do that? Yeah, but those are, like, celebrities who are still working, too. But, I mean, it is smart to diversify in that way. But still, like, he's not a celebrity. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. He's a known person. <laughs> yeah, I just this lyric is angry. It's haunting. It's like it's just it's so, so good. 
good. And I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, (laughs) I get it. Yes, girl. Go on. Curse him. So curse his name with your witchy vibes. Yeah, I just, yeah, I love it. You know, I would, I would put money on the fact that Taylor is a witch. (laughs) Well, you know, I think we all have witchy powers in us if we like, you know, conjure them enough. You know, I've, I've definitely felt like a witch sometimes. I like it. What's the quote? I don't remember what it's from, but it's like, we are the descendants from like the witches you weren't able to burn or something. (laughs) Like the women who survived. Yeah, some sort of Salem thing. Yeah. 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 Okay, Devin. Yeah. <laughs> From one to ten stolen lullabies. Oh, so good. What do you give my tears ricochet? I give my tears ricochet seven stolen lullabies. Okay, that's pretty good for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think that this conversation has updated a couple ticks. Mm. I think that me listening to it a bunch today updated a couple ticks. Yeah. I do. I like totally respect this song so much. It just doesn't really check my like vibe check very often yeah totally totally you know so Mm -hmm. i I don't i don't seek this one out very often yeah when it comes on on shuffle though boy is it a good listen Mm -hmm. for a little bit especially if you're in that mood yeah it's like perfect like if you're in like uh you know it's a rainy day or whatever Mm -hmm. so So good. good so good so seven stolen lullabies for me Gab, from 1 to 10 stolen lullabies, what do you give this song? I give My Tears Ricochet 10 stolen lullabies. You know, it's funny, because my friends kind of make fun of how much I like this song. They're always like, you like the most depressing songs. And I do, I guess, like, I have a very big section of, like, moody songs that I just feel and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and I need to feel that. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of, a, like, a sad ballad. Mm. Big fan. 10 stolen lullabies. I love this song Mm. i you know i'm just like so like i feel taylor and just like how personal this is i just feel like i'm glad she shared this with us the lyrics are just so good so good they're so good they're so listen along with us you can check us out on instagram at tata z podcast and give us all your thoughts are you a my tears ricochet stan oh like me or is it too sad of a song for you Mm. Or are you somewhere in the middle? Mm. Let us know. We want to hear it all. We're back from our honeymoon. We're back. We're ready to chat with you all. And be sure to follow us or subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And remember, you can find exclusive bonus content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. we got a lot of fun stuff coming your way. And thank you to our newest patrons, Izzy Lund, Deborah Shane, Natalie Waller, Corey B and Grace Stinson. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, new patrons. We really, really appreciate new patrons. you. We got fun new stuff coming. Oh yeah. Well, next episode we'll be covering our first N song. Wow, new letter. Never grow up from Speak Now. Does N mean technically now we're into the second half of the alphabet? Yeah. It's not the second half of her songs, but the no, second, second half, half of the alphabet. alphabet. Yeah. Wow. I think we've. We're no, way past second we half were of her way songs. Past, yeah, 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 but wow. Second half of the alphabet. Until oh she releases new gosh. songs. Where Good way to go into the second or third year of our podcast. Woo woo! Go team! Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tata Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time.